Are we recording right now? Yeah. Oh my God, fun. Okay. This voice is Hannah. And this voice is Marissa. Also, would probably am is our turn on by it. Hart Slahowski? Yeah. Of course. Doesn't actually no. make a ton of sense. No. What are you doing? Are you talking to yourself? <gasps> oh my God, I already hate this story. You know what? I'm okay with that. Because I just thought you could like bleed suddenly yeah. at any good moment. <laughs> my erotic fan fiction isn't fucking interesting enough for you. Hello, you're listening to Tell Us More podcast. Okay. YouTube does have all the things you need because like my guitar teacher is very interesting like I'll ask him questions about like like finger picking for Jolene and I was like I, I like will eventually want to get to that and he was like we can just learn that right now and I was like okay thanks for believing me which is fine but like I'll ask like kind of specific like technical questions mm -hmm. and he'd be like well music is really up to you <laughs> which is fine like he's chill Ow. part of me thinks he is either afraid of me or doesn't get me or like a little bit of a both yeah i don't i just don't think he like understands that um, me my personality okay. okay well he doesn't know you that well yeah exactly <laughs> but i mean he thinks i'm a natural which is why we're like so advanced but like i'll ask him like <laughs> what I'm sorry, it just it's why I'm so advanced in my guitar lesson. I'm a natural. I, I am, am a natural. So good. I'm so good. My guitar lesson. I mean, I literally practice all of the time. Like I know. that's what I was doing before you got here. I know. It's just it's he's just like, well, you know, like music, you know, you can just like make it sound like how you like want and stuff. But I'm like, yeah, but I, but I like want to learn like this song. Like maybe yeah. when I'm like maybe I'll write like my own, but mm -hmm. like for this song in particular that someone has already written. Right. And, <laughs> and like, had an idea. Like I get that like it could be like a little different just because you're not the one that wrote it and like right. you're learning it, but also like I have, I have questions. Okay. That like yeah. I need to like so know. You're the saying, so it's YouTube has that for you. Yeah. So Got I it. use YouTube to like also teach myself with like Got help it. from him because there's stuff that I don't know and wouldn't know on YouTube. I literally just look up like I didn't know what bar chords were, and he like taught me like the basics of how to finger pick, but like not how it works with the song. So, like, I'm, and maybe that's, like, I'm just, like, getting the technique. And, like, he said, and he said, like, Dolly Parton is very, like, she has a very specific kind of finger picking. Like, she kind of invented her own. Yeah, well, she would. Did what she name it the Dolly Method? Probably. <laughs> Probably. And the reason I wanted to start, okay. start playing guitar again is because of how much I love the song Let You Go by Machine Gun Kelly. Okay. And I told him that, and he looked it up, and he watched the music video instead of this, just the song. Okay. And I was like, what did you think about it? And he was like, I have some thoughts. <laughs> and I was like, okay, it's fine. <laughs> and I told him, it was like, it's not really an approach. There's just one verse that's like, it's lipstick on my neck, whip whiskey on my breath, take in pictures in the moment so we don't forget. Oh, body on mine or something. That comes first. So like, that's the only inappropriate part of the song. And it's only mildly Did he watch it in the church? No, I think he watched it when he got oh. home. There's bar chords in that song, which makes me sad because my fingers are very short and I can't hold the full bar. And this is the reason I wanted to start playing guitar again that's because that's how it I know. works and he said like no we can like we can work with it like you just have to like I'm like my finger's not gonna get any longer okay but you can adapt create your own exactly. method we had Marissa to method we had to adapt the g chord for me okay and use different fingers so he was like he's like no like we could figure it out but yeah. it's just gonna be harder it just kind of makes me sad that my fingers are very short and like it's that's what makes it harder for me right but um Everything has challenges. Exactly. And you are going to overcome. If you want yeah. to play the guitar, you will not let your short fingers right. stop you. Exactly. Maybe I can invent a guitar that's like a little skinnier. There you this go. This is why I wanted to play the fucking banjo. And you know what? Now that I'm not living with Sarah anymore, I can play the banjo. Now, Sarah, thank you. I can play the banjo now. So, I'm, Did Sarah have a banjo ban on the apartment? Yeah. What? 
What? Sorry to out you, Sarah, but Sarah just said she doesn't like the sound of the banjo. What? The only thing she doesn't support like a fucking banjo! The only thing, Sarah, in my entire eight years of friendship with her, the only thing she doesn't support is my banjo dream. Wow. Yeah. I support a banjo dream. And now I can learn to play the banjo. But the guitar is, like, easier than the banjo, so she was like, it's fine. It's through transition. And I was like, okay. Well, perfect. Now you're going to become a banjo girl. Exactly. That way, our girl band has... Me, who does nothing, we don't know yet. Oh, tambourine. Tambourine. Uh, and manager. You play the banjo. Yeah. And Brittany can play the guitar. Exactly. Perfect. With our jam. Jam band. Jam band. Um, um, that's too complicated of a no, joke we're to not explain. explain that. But yeah, what's new with you? Just, you know, decorating the apartment. Just living yes. my best life. The other day I woke up and I was like, what am I, like, so, what am I supposed to do, like, next? Because I was like, moved into my apartment, started, or got my new job, do 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 what do do and now I'm like all moved in and I was sitting in my room and I was like, oh, I'm just supposed to like live now. Yes. <laughs> like, Tasks are done. Well, and, and you can get back to um, doing your makeup looks yep. for YouTube yep. and then like we are special super secret project that yes. maybe shouldn't be super secret anymore. Well, I don't know. Be a little mysterious. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm too obvious. This is why um, I can't Didn't we already talk about the fact that we're going to do videos? I don't know if we I fully, think we I think we, well, I think we said that we're doing something, because, like, last summer we didn't do the podcast because it takes a lot of work and we want right. to enjoy our summer. We did this already. Did we? I swear to God, unless we edited it out and just didn't put it in the oh. episode. Well, we'll just say okay. it again. So we're starting, uh, for the summer, we're starting a YouTube channel called These Two Girls Won't Shut the Fuck Up. We actually prefer to refer to it as an internet talk show presented by YouTube, because it sounds better. It's no in no way affiliated with YouTube. No, and they don't actually <laughs> present it. It's on their it's presented on their platform, so I think we could legally get away with it. I don't think so, but okay. <laughs> like I think they we might um, actually get in trouble for that. Well, featured on YouTube. You Stream through YouTube. An internet talk show brought to you by YouTube that has nothing to do with YouTube. Yes. And we'll put that little disclaimer in. <laughs> Not sponsored, not, approved, by not sponsored by YouTube. Not approved by YouTube. The views and, and opinions reflected in this show do, do not, not reflect those of YouTube or any of its affiliates. We'll put that in the description. So, okay, yeah. now we can't get in trouble. But I think it's just, it sounds classier than we have a YouTube channel. So instead of telling people that you have a YouTube channel, you're going to start telling people that you have a talk show brought to you by YouTube? An internet talk show presented to you by YouTube or like on YouTube. That's how, but that's YouTube. how you're gonna like yes. when we're out at the bars mm-hmm. in the way that you normally are like we have a podcast. You're yes. gonna be like we have an internet talk show. Uh, for, for, I can't even say it. Well, it's too long. I forget what I'm saying halfway through. YouTube. We have an internet talk show presented by YouTube, and then I'll be like, just read the description for the disclaimer. Well, it'll be we'll like have a topic. Like you guys send us ideas for topics. And then we'll just yep. pull one out of a hat, and that's what we'll talk about for that. I'm gonna episode. get a physical hat. I'm gonna print them yes. all off. Yes, exactly. And we will physically pull it. Yes. Welcome to season two, episode five of Tell Us More. It's episode five or twenty-five. Wow, we really went back in time. Oh, um, it's episode twenty-five. It's episode twenty-five. Jesus, yeah. Crimey. Stadium or stayed was an ancient running event, part of the ancient Olympic Games, and the other Panhellenic Games. Panhellenic Games, <laughs> the collective term for four separate sport uh, sports festivals held in ancient Greece. Those four games. Why? <laughs> or this, this voice is a period after every set or every word. The Those four games. Panhellenic Games. <laughs> the Olympic Games to honor Zeus. The Pythian Games to honor Apollo. Namian Games for Zeus and Hercules, and Isthmian Games for Poseidon. The prizes kind of sucked, though. 
Uh, the Olympics just got you an olive wreath if you won. Uh, the Pythian gets you a laurel wreath. Namian gets you wild celery. Ooh. And Isthmian gets you pine. So that sucks. Those um, are the prizes. Those are the prizes. For winning the games. Yeah, and okay. also I guess like bragging rights or whatever. Yeah. And uh, Clearly. Today we're just going to talk about the Olympics. Oh, that's what we're talking about? Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. I cool, just cool, want to cool. like give Stadium. a full back story no, of like the different, it. like that, you know. Yeah. So first we're going to talk about the big guy, Zeus. Okay. Um, I was literally like, I don't know him. <laughs> I'm very into like Greek mythology. I, I love it. Um, My fave classes in college. So he was like the king of the Greek gods who lived on Mount Olympus and he was the god of sky and thunder. His symbols include the lightning bolt, the eagle, the bull, and the oak tree. You may remember him from the movie Hercules. <laughs> He's the dad. He's the dad in Hercules. Um, and he was married to the goddess Hera, but he cheated on her a lot, so I don't respect him. Obviously, that was not portrayed in the Disney classic Hercules, uh, featuring Danny DeVito, and then other people that, I don't know. <laughs> I was gonna say there are way more than Danny DeVito in that movie. And obviously you know where I got most of my information from. Mm-hmm. It's our favorite website, history.com. Yeah! It's a real website. It is. Um, so sporting events were originally associated with funeral rituals for some reason. Oh. Particularly those of heroes and the fallen in battle. Okay. So I, I kind of get the Like correlation. they would do games at funerals? Probably. Maybe to, like, honor... Uh, to honor the athletes. Honor. And the fallen heroes. Got it. Uh, there are a few different theories as to how the game started, but everything is to honor Zeus okay. at the end of the day. Um, some mythological accounts credit Zeus with beginning the games to celebrate his victory over Kronos, which is, like, a very you thing, and also a very mm-hmm. Dolly Parton thing. Mm-hmm. I am Zeus. You would make <laughs> um, a game honoring yourself. Oh, yeah, because I defeated my fucked up dad. Hell yeah. Yeah, exactly. So others say that Hercules, which is the son of Zeus, and the mortal woman, Alcmene, who is his mom, obviously. Because again, mom? Hercules. Oh. So, because Zeus is a cheater. No, 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 I know. I, I didn't understand. Yeah. I got it. But she was mortal. And he is not. So uh, Hercules is a demigod. Yes. So they founded the games, and Hercules was probably like, I, Dad, look at me. Um, I'm honoring you. Please give me your attention and love me, because I am a, a demigod. I am a demigod. Please respect me. I crave your respect. So either Zeus made them for himself, or Hercules did it to impress his dad. Pretty much, yeah. Cool. There's other theories, but honestly, I was like, whatever, it all revolves around Zeus. Zeus. Yeah. It all revolves about- Dr. Seuss. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He did all of it. Yes, he mythological creature, Dr. Zeus. Dr. Seuss. Seuss. <laughs> What's wrong with you today? Also, Zeus was a doctor who went to med school. Yeah, he went to med school. So, yeah, those cool. those were the first two theories I read. I didn't care to read the rest. Yep. Um, Pretty much how this podcast goes. Oh, 100%. 100%. In yeah. any case, sport, a healthy body, and the competitive spirit were a large part of Greek education. Mm-hmm. They're just competitive people, okay? Yeah, they're they sporty, are. They're sporty. They're competitive. Zeus, the big guy... We're going to honor his Hercules. Hercules. Yes, 100%. And obviously the athletes were all male citizens of the city-states from every corner of the Greek world. They came as far from Iberia, which is now Spain, in the West Bank and the Black Sea, which is now Turkey. Mm-hmm. They all had the same religious beliefs. They were like, yeah, go Zeus. That's actually my religion as well, is just go Zeus. Yeah, exactly. Or Dr. Zeus, or Dr. Seuss. <laughs> I am a fan so of many the Holy Trinity. The Holy Trinity. <laughs> Zeus, Dr. Zeus, and Dr. Seuss. The yeah. Holy Trinity. Yeah. But there was a truce during this time, 
that announced like during each of the Olympic festivals and to allow visitors to come and visit, there was just a truce of don't kill anybody, no wars, no murder. Uh, we're just gonna celebrate Zeus at the Olympic Games. Cool. And all wars just had to stop, just like a momentary pause. But they can play some games. Right, exa- exactly. <laughs> um, they were traveling to Olympia, which is where the games were held. There was like 40,000 people that would come and I just watch. don't think I knew that Olympia was a real place. I just didn't yeah. know. Cool. Yeah. Where is it? Greece. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I like it. Greece. I want to go. I was just there, but... I know. I wasn't. Again. <laughs> no, exactly. That's totally fine, though. And if you did murder somebody during the games, uh, you would get the death penalty. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Yes, exactly. Uh, the first written records of the ancient Olympic Games date back to 776 BC. 776. Yes. Um, and the winner of the first and only event for the first 12 Olympics, so the stade or the stadium was the only event for the first 12 Olympics. Cariabos okay. from Ellis. Oh, that's who won. Yeah, that's, that's a name. that was the one that ran the stadium. That one and stadium is a foot race, so it's like whatever track. Okay, so literally the Olympic Games, all that it was was just running. Right, for the first 12 first years. First couple of years. For the first couple of years. And then on, every victor was recorded and each Olympiad named after them. So, the, uh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> um, so an Olympiad is actually a span of four years. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's how influential the Olympics were. They just started using four-year increments mm-hmm. of things. And I have no idea why they chose the number four. It kind of bothers me that I don't know why four was chosen. Why four years? Why does it happen every four years? Because it's four is a nice, even number. Yeah, I mean, maybe. But it, I no matter how much research I did, it was always... The, the current Olympics happen every four years, years to honor the original Olympics, mm-hmm. but it's like, why originally four? Because some dude was like, let's do this again in four years. Maybe. And then... Yeah, they did. Maybe that's how long it took to train and to travel. Yeah. I'm not sure. It really fucking bothers me. If there's any Greek historians out there, if you have the answer, obviously you'd be listening to this podcast. Right. Tell me. I like to know, like, the significance of stuff. I like to know, like, etymology of words and phrases. I like to know why things are. Yeah. So. That's, I've literally never even thought about why they're every four years. Yeah. That's just how things are. Exactly. I really feel like it was like they did the first one. They were like, all right, cheerio. Right on. The, do this again next time. Four years now. Great. It. Yep. And then they all came back four yeah. years later. Yeah. That was a British accent. Yeah. No, so. it wasn't. It was a Greek. Okay. Uh, Spaniard. I've been to Greece. So no, it's not. Again. Ow. <laughs> and cool. <laughs> no one asked. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Literally just a dick. I've been to Greece, so that's not an accent. That's not a Greek accent. I'm actually cultured. I couldn't imitate the accent for you, whatever, but I'm still... But you'll call me out on doing a British one instead. Well, because at least I know it's not a British accent. I clearly know. It's not... I'm gonna punch you in the face. This is actually the end of our... We're done. The end. Ended over over in Greece. Um, Fucking Greece, man. Anyway... So the game started with a procession, which went from the host town of Ellis to Olympia. Um, and then there were judges called the, called the Helenodikia, whatever. I Why would I look up the pronunciations for all these hard words? I mean, that's a great question. Why right. would you? You can right. just power through. <laughs> right. Uh, the athletes were uh, sworn in by oath uh, to follow the established rules of the competitions and to compete within with honor and respect. 
So there's like they like they do now. It's the procession. Mm-hmm. It's the lighting. It's the oath. It's like we're gonna do this out of merit. We're not gonna cheat. We are gonna run fast. We're gonna run fast, and the fastest wins. Deal. Deal. <laughs> deal. I honor that. It, it was deal. The most important religious ceremony of the event was the sacrifice of 100 oxen, known <gasps> as the Hecta Tomb, at the altar of Zeus. Did they um, eat it? No, sacrifice is just killing it. Yeah, they just kill it. What a waste! Yeah, I know. A hundred oxen, really? Do you, Wait, are oxen even things anymore? Are they extinct? Is that a real question? Yeah. <laughs> Babe, the bl- big blue ox isn't real, Hannah. Spoiler alert. Right, but ox are. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> okay, so I know Greece and you know about farm animals. Sounds good. Now who's condescending who? <laughs> who's condescending who? Literally there's snot just running out of my nose right now. Well, whatever. Um, For some reason, Zeus was like, hey, sorry, but you gotta wrangle a hundred of those. That's such and you a gotta large amount of oxen. You gotta cut them. Because I said so, because I'm a dick. And I cheat on my wife a lot. So I'm just a dick. Sometimes he king. would turn into an ox. Or a swan. Sometimes he would just change into an animal. And fuck girls. That's a true story. <laughs> Fucked a girl is like a swan once. I don't know about an ox. Oh. But. Well, I mean, it sounds... It's very Zeusy. Yeah, I guess. He's just like, I make the rules or whatever. He's like, I'm a swan, bitch. Gonna, Wanna fuck? That's exactly what he said. And all the ladies exactly, were like, yeah. I love a good swan. That's how Hercules was I made. wanna be dicked down by a swan. Right? Mm-hmm. By Zeus. By sure, a it Zeus, was great. Zeus-esque swan. Right. You can only have sex with a swan, swan if it's Zeus. Yes, if it's Zeus. If it's a god in swan form, then it's not bestiality. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> it's kind of like when you're a furry, you're yes. just a person wearing a costume. Right. So you're god-like? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not that weird. Ooh, Johnice and I were just talking about, okay, Liz, this is where you need to fast forward. I'm just telling you now. You don't want to hear this. I'm being serious, Liz. She's not going to fast forward. I don't know if she knows how. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. take take your headphones out. Yep. Let it play, but turn the sound down. Johnny and I were just talking about this today. She is interested in, like, pegging someone. Yeah. And I was like, I feel like I wouldn't do that. Like, I'm not judging it. And then I realized, oh, I'm just, like, very submissive. So I... Really? I'm not dominant. I'm a boss in the streets, submissive in the sheets. So hmm. I, I don't like to be in control other than me, like, saying no. Obviously, it's also be consensual. Right. But, like, that's why I wouldn't peg is because I don't want the dominance. Interesting. Yeah. I would totally peg someone. If they wanted me to, hell yeah. Yeah. I think I'm, I can switch between the two. I don't really mind either way. Really? I'm an equal opportunity dom. Right. I think that the reason that I'm submissive is because none of, none of my boyfriends were sexual. Like, I've never dated, right. like, a very sexual person, and I always had to initiate it, and I hated it because Ugh. I felt like they didn't want to have sex with me. Right. So now I'm just like, I need to feel like you want me. Yeah. So I'm submissive. Interesting. Realizations. It's realization. You just have to be open and honest, and again, consent is sexy. Exactly. The next person that I date, for the love of God, please, just be in control. <laughs> in, that, in that scenario. Boss in the streets, submissive in the sheets. So there yeah. was also a dance that went along with yeah. that for everyone yeah. that did not see. And that's what I will announce on the first day. I'll be like, you know what, I'm tired of dating these non-sexual men. There is a sexual deviant inside of me that needs to be sparked. So please, you be in control. You start it. Dick me down. This is the first day in. I just need to get things off the table. I like it. Yeah. On the table. Yeah. Off your chest. Off my chest. On on the the table. table. Um, At the restaurant. At the restaurant. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What was I going to say? 
I don't know, we were talking about the Olympics at some point, and now we're talking yeah. about different things. Because we talked about Zeus being a swan, and then oh, that yeah. led into furries, yeah, and that yeah, made, yeah, you yeah, made yeah, a furry yeah. joke, yeah. and then it got sexual. Oh, what I was going to say is, this wouldn't even be a conversation on the first date, it would be when you hit on me at the bar, or yeah, anywhere, because no, I... accurate. Right, because I don't do dating apps anymore, I just, I hate it, I prefer to meet people organically, and I feel like if the universe wants me to meet somebody... You like such a brat. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like such a hipster. I don't even like. I just prefer just like, my dating organic. I like and, to date um, my soy food. free. <laughs> I like my food and my dating organic. Yeah, like everything. I mean, I agree. I agree hundred percent. I, I mean, I think dating right. apps are. I've never gone on an actual date because right. they're all murders. I was gonna say you've never once used a dating app. Nope. I mean, I have them, but I definitely don't use them. Right. I'm just like people don't even put anything in their bios, and then if you do. And I comment on it, because I will only talk to people if they have something in their bios. Who doesn't have something in their bio? People that just want to fuck. That's a real serial killer move. Exactly. Well, people that are just like, hi, they just like want to hug or whatever. Like, what am I supposed to say to you? Hey, what's up? Oh, uh, what's up? Not doing anything. Oh, cool. Me either. Oh, cool. Like, what are your hobbies? And it's like, I put that in my bio. Yeah. No, they and, just want to fuck. Right. And then when I, when I do, like, quote somebody's bio, they're like, what? I'm like, it's literally in. You quote their bio well, at like, them? So, no, no, no. <laughs> No, I don't. Okay, that was a bad way to say it. I will pick something from their bio and say that's how I'll initiate conversation. I'll be like, yeah. I can't think of an example. I haven't done it in such a long time. I just don't care. (laughs) I don't, I, again, I don't talk, I don't, men talk to me and then I delete them. (laughs) I, the last couple of people I've just met organically, whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, what were you talking about? Oh, yeah. My hinge isn't even... I was going to see how many matches I have. It's not even downloaded yeah. on my phone anymore. I don't, yeah, I don't even have it on my phone anymore. Um, anyway, so honestly, the Olympic Games kind of sounded like a festival. Like yeah. A, like literally like a music festival, but without the music. Because... So a festival. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I think I have a fever. Um, <laughs> I think I have a fever. I kind of don't feel good, but It's okay. I'm sorry. No, it's totally fine. We only have a whole episode and another one together. <laughs> right, correct. But I like this sentence, so I didn't edit it, much like I don't edit anything. Uh, the side of Olympia must have been positively buzzing during a game mm-hmm. with mass crowds of excited spectators staying in makeshift campsites. Cute. So it was like Woodstock. Right. And then later, eventually, like, accommodation was created for the visitors. <laughs> Children and men were allowed to yeah. go, not women, because, you know, whatever. Yeah, because um, God forbid. Right. Um, so they there would be, like, statues at the site. Uh, food vendors, craftsmen, musicians, I guess there was music, poets and philosophers took full advantage of the crowds to publicize their waves or ideas. So I guess they're, they just estimate that around forty to 45,000 people came. The exact number isn't known. Eventually slaves and foreigners were, will be able to go, but they weren't originally, but whatever, I guess like that's cool. Foreigner? Wasn't everyone a foreigner? So was the whole point? Well, no, Greece was a country. Right, but like, people came it- from all over Greece. Oh, I thought that was people coming from all over the world. No. Because, like, there was, like, no, like, wars and stuff. Okay, got yeah, it. Yeah, no, it was all people from Greece. I thought it was more than no. just Greece. Eventually, they were invited. Right. Not originally. A got lot of things it. changed over the years in telling you about them. Spectators actively participated in the events through their boisterous support of the athletes, and after each event, they showered flowers and laurel wreaths at Ooh. the victors. So they would just yeah. be like, here you go. Yeah, like, Great at the job. end of ice skating, when they just fucking chuck exactly. flowers out of the ice. Which is also an Olympic event. Yes. So there's kind of a badass. Um, her name is the Priestess of Demeter. She's the Priestess of Demeter? Yes. Her name was Kali Pateria. I don't know. She had trained her son, 
Pisirotis. And when he won his race, his mother celebrated a little too exuberantly in the crowd, loosened her clothes, and revealed her sex. Hell yeah! Kind oh, of revealed a weird, her sex. Yeah, kind of a weird thing to do for your son winning something. Greeks, Greek, Greece was a weird time. Yes, <laughs> yes. It, it was an interesting, opened time. And she escaped the prescribed punishment of the death penalty oh. because she came from a family of great Olympic victors. But from then on, all trainers had to be naked and all athletes were naked also to avoid such... Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that that's the solution to her being naked suddenly. It's just everybody has now to be naked. Everybody now everybody has to be okay. naked. You did this. You did this. You, you made everyone take off their yeah, clothes. Everybody has to be naked. Well, the athletes were always naked because it was like better for moving, movement, yeah. I guess. Imagine running with a dick. I know. Just like all out in there. I like know, and flopping. It would flop. <laughs> it would flop. Someone tell us how that is. Yeah, because like I always thought if you were boxers, doesn't your dick just flop around all day or do you get used to it i don't know a couple of the boys on my bus used to tuck their dick up into their their band of their boxers i that happened sometimes with one of my high school boyfriends not alex the other one uh, not that he listens probably but um he would just well he had a boner around me a lot because i'm well yeah i'm hot yeah and he was punching um, so he would stick his boner in his, um... Waistband. Yeah, his waistband. Yeah, that's, like, what they would do. Yeah. But also, I feel like that's what I would do if I had a dick. Just yeah. stick it in there so it's not exactly. just flopping everywhere. Exactly. Especially during puberty when you just get boners in class. Right. And you have to hide your binder. God. I would just, like, be like... Flip it up. Uh, just flipping my huge dick up just into my box. Or my, my dick up. My waistband. My waistband. I'm gonna flip um, my dick up in my waistband. Um, one of the boys on the bus used to tell me that his balls would constantly get stuck to the side of his legs. And he'd have to just like... And I was always like, that's the most disgusting yeah. thing I've ever heard. I know that some men use baby powder to prevent that from happening. Do you remember Will Schlonegger? Yes. Baby. That's who told me that his balls that just seems... got stuck to his balls yeah. of his legs all the time. Seems like a very him thing to do. I didn't know him well, but that's... Follows me on Instagram. Yeah, he does too. He follows me on Instagram too. Um, totally fine that your balls stick to your legs. It's not your fault that oh, you're so sweaty. Was, yeah, we were like 13. Exactly. exactly. Everybody's balls were sticking to weird right. parts of their body. You called Paul Duxted out for punching you. You're now calling Will Schlonegger out for having sticky balls. his balls. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, he yeah. told me. I didn't ask. Why didn't he just come up to you and be like, Hannah? We rode the bus together. <laughs> On the bus. Yeah. Then you just turn around one day, Hannah. Yep. My balls won't, my balls are sticky and they're sticking to my leg. The worst part is like, yes. And then he would adjust in front of me. He'd be like, look at this. And like move it around. Did he have a crush on you or was, was there a reason that he told you specifically and he wanted you to know about his balls? Is that uh, his way of flirting? I just assume everyone had a crush on me. So probably. Mm-hmm. For sure. Probably also why I had so many boners on the bus. Yeah. There was so many boners because people couldn't stop getting boners in front of you. Right? Yeah. Only Josh Moan would have gotten a boner in front of me. We don't know that he didn't. I hope he did. Yeah. You could have been his first boner. <sighs> I wish. If anybody knows where the whereabouts of Josh Moan is from Lakeville, Minnesota, uh, we used to do that a lot on this podcast, ask for the whereabouts Yeah, of we Josh haven't Moan. talked about him in a minute. We talked about him last He's night. still missing. Don't worry. Yeah. I mean, I'm worried. Yeah. Everyone else, no, you don't have sure. to worry. <laughs> no, I mean, like, I kind of care because I care via you. Yeah. They called it the Olympics because it was held at Olympia, which was a, right. you know, a Zeus, big guy. Yep. Mount Olympus. Did he love that? Mount Olympus. And, yeah. You know, Above Olympia. Yeah. Just right up there in the clouds. Mm-hmm. Right in the clouds. So. You can see them in, in that Disney movie. Yeah. You, featured <laughs> when they in, go up there. <laughs> featured in the classic Disney movie Hercules starring Danny DeVito as Again, a centaur. not starring. <laughs> He's not the star of that movie. <laughs> but 
sure. I can't name anyone else in it currently. And the essential part of Mm -hmm. that movie is the trainer. A centaur. An essential centaur. An essential centaur. Athletes trained under the watchful eye of a professional trainer. Gymnast. Like a centaur. (laughs) Yes, like a centaur or a physical trainer. Uh, who knew how to best develop particular muscles, the best diet, and the correct amount of exercise to be done. Trainers were often thanked by their more successful athletes by the dedication of a statue of them uh, at the site. Athletes also had, and I want this job, called elipites who rubbed them down with oil and massaged them both before exercising and after. I literally immediately knew what that was. Not because I've ever heard that word before, but because you were like, I want this job. I was like, it's something to do with like oil and rubbing. Yeah. There's, there's rubbing involved. Yeah. Yes. I yeah. would totally. Except for it was all men. Yeah. No, I mean like you would have had to have been a man to get that job. Well, I don't know. Because. The just... ladies weren't allowed. Yeah. I they think would you make just, cut, just go Mulan style, yeah. chop your hair off, start calling exactly. yourself king. Yes, exactly. They'll let you in, rub down those yeah. tasty men. And I don't have a boner to get. No, you don't. So you wouldn't know that I was turned on. No. I would just be salivating, but I'd be like, I have overactive no. glands. Are you also naked, though? We foiled the plan. <laughs> I don't Sorry. know if they had to be naked, because I wasn't... This is during the exercise process. This was during the training process. Uh, this it says specifically before and after exercising. So maybe okay. I could be a woman. Okay. I would massage a lot of things. Okay. Well, respect. That's your new, uh, That's new LinkedIn. Update your LinkedIn profile. Yeah, I will update my LinkedIn profile. So yeah, I want that job. Um, I would do that now, but not with bodybuilders because I'm not like no offense. I'm just like not super attracted to the meatheads. Good for you. I love that you have a passion. I like them tall, skinny, and possibly would be pushed over by wind. Yep, you do. Yeah. Wacky waving, inflatable arm flailing tube men is what yeah. I'm into. I don't know why, because I feel fat standing next to a skinny dude, but that's probably why they're tall. That's why I like them. I like them tall. I want you to tower over me. Yeah. I like them tall. Yeah. Um, But I also like vaguely bisexual, emotionally unavailable. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Far away from me. Exactly. <laughs> no, that's totally fine. That's totally fine. I just like them tall, lanky. You do have a physical type. Yeah, I do. I've tried other types. Like, my therapist... No, I know. I show her pictures of people, and she was like, none of these people look the same. And it's like, I'm trying. Right. Because you can... Here's my thing about types. You can have a type, and that means you are always attracted to a person that looks like that, yeah. but you're not only attracted to the people right. that look like that. Yeah, I would... And your type is tall and lanky, and yeah. again, pushed over by the wind. Exactly. Machine Gun Kelly. Yes. That is... Your type. <laughs> I love. I I love a man covered in tattoos. Oh well, yeah, same. Drenched. But I want a little bit, like a little bit of like muscle. Yeah, see. Because I'm a big girl. You gotta be able to do it. It's like when I dated Ben, and I was like, "You're so much skinnier than me." I was like, "You have like literal abs." But he was tall. Yeah. He was a swimmer. He had muscle. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. He also, at one point when we were dating, um, his legs were smoother than mine because he had just shaved. And I was yeah. like... Yeah. <laughs> I forgot that they had to do that. They had to shave everything. Mm-hmm. Nair. Nair is a Nair, great saving yeah. time process. Not in your down there there. Yeah. There's special Nair for your pubes, but I don't... Special Nair for your down there air. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that is exactly... And for your face. Mm-hmm. Nair scares me. Does it still smell like uh, rotten eggs? Kind of, yeah. Yeah, it does. Sulfur. Mm -hmm. But yes, tall, lanky, covered in tattoos, hover over me. I also have a, I just have a thing with like arms. Like you have to have arms. And I do like that too. I do like that too. But I more so love when they stand behind you and like Mm-hmm. put their arms around wrap you and their put, lanky arms yes, around you <laughs> their tarantula limbs yes oh and my then God. They, they're so I like them tall because 
if you're if they're taller than you, they can rest your head their yeah. head on top of your head. Yeah. And I like that. I feel very safe. I feel very comforted. Mm-hmm. It's a safety thing. No, I totally get yeah. it. I like when they're tall too. Right. Same reasons. I am justifying it for everybody listening to this that is not tall. I'm not that tall. Oh yeah, yeah. You're the one friend that's shorter than me. Yeah. So it's not like you have to be super tall. You don't have to be no. over six feet because I'm not that tall. No. So don't worry. Don't be scared. Basically, hit on us and see what happens. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Okay, back to the Olympics. Yeah. That was a fun sidebar. I want to massage you. Um, Do you want to massage me? I practice on On you. On my neck? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very cool thing. Times weren't recorded. So there was no score to beat. It was literally just the idea was to be first among the best, not to beat records. They would arrive at Olympia. The athletes would arrive at Olympia one month before the games for training. And further, they had to declare that they had been training for at least 10 months, non-Greek slaves, murderers, those convicted of defiling temples, and all those who had not respected the truce were excluded from participating. But then eventually slaves were allowed to, like, be spectators and foreigners, but they they still said, no, murderers, you can't come, you're going to murder. Good, I'm glad they didn't invite the murderers. Yeah, exactly, because you can totally tell who's a murderer with 45,000 people. Right. It's an honor system, because murderers totally follow an honor system. I know I would, if I was a murderer. For sure. Uh, For the first 49 Olympics, there was only one judge. Oh. But he was joined by others to reach a peak of 12 judges, distributed amongst the various events. Obviously, they disqualified and fined athletes for infringement of the rules, uh, and they wore purple cloaks. The judges? Yeah. Cool. I like that fact. And these decisions could never be revoked, but the judges were themselves subject to judgment from a council of elders, and should an athlete successfully appeal, the judge concerned could be fined. So it was a very, like, we take this seriously. If you're wearing that purple cloak... Yeah. You need to be on your game, as much of a game as the athletes. Right. You're, you're the Olympics of judges. Yeah. I mean, it's legit. People didn't really break the rules, but there were penalties um, ranging from exclusion and fines to flogging. Ooh. Yeah. That's rude. Yeah. Isn't flogging where they, like, hit yeah. your back with the thumb? Yeah. Or don't you have to hit yourself you in order to, to flog? Well, that would be self-flogging. Self-flogging. What's self-flagellation? Oh, I don't know. I was just thinking that. What is that? Should we do a quick side Google? I think that's what that might be. Um, and these fines were paid both to the sanctuary and the wronged athlete. So if an offender didn't pay the fine, his city did, or they'd be excluded from the next games. Ooh. Did you figure out what self-flagellation is? Self-flagellation is hitting oneself with a whip as part of a religious... Yeah, yes. so we were right. That's immediately what Sweet. popped into our heads. So then is flogging when other people do it for you? Can we just define flogging real quick? Side Google? Yeah, so a punishment in which a victim is hit repeatedly with a whip or stick. So yeah, so oh. flogging is someone else doing it to you. Self-flagellation is hitting yourself with a whip. Hit the whip. 2015 Vine reference. Anyway. I did not catch it. Okay. It's a dance move. Hit the whip? Yeah. And the nae Yeah. You could nae all day long. I could. I only care about the whip. No, the nae always kind of look a little silly to me. <laughs> Not hitting the whip. Not hitting the whip. Got it. (laughs) That I can do. Um, Anyway, they used the fines to make a statue. Oh, okay. And uh, the basis of these statues can still be seen today. Cool. Did you see them? I was in Athens, but I did see the Temple of Zeus. Cool. Did he show up? You probably didn't sacrifice enough oxen. Exactly. Had I said, I only sacrificed 99. (sighs) I counted wrong. It was that one. That's why I didn't show up. It's okay. Yeah. And you have to do it at the same time. I couldn't just, like, sacrifice, like, even ten minutes later. Right. No. So. All at once. So, as mentioned above, the olive crown was given as a prize. I guess there was more, but I didn't care to edit it. So, okay. I'm just going to tell you now. The olive was significant 
because the trees of Olympia were believed to have been originally planted by Hercules. Cool. Olive trees, pretty cool. Uh, another prize could be... Olive trees, pretty <laughs> cool. I love olives. Pretty I cool. love Greek olives. I hate olives. Another prize could be a red woolen ribbon, which was worn on the upper arm or around the head, especially for chariot racers, as it was the horse owner who actually received the olive crown. Cool. You didn't necessarily own the horse that you were riding. Right. This isn't a sea biscuit scenario. Did they own sea biscuit? I don't know. Okay, I was going to say, does that joke land? Because I don't know if they own Call sea Toby Maguire. Call Toby Maguire. Toby yeah. or Tony? Toby. It was, okay. wasn't it? I always it's get... It's Toby, but I thought you said Toby. No, well, there could be a Tony Maguire. Who knows? Who knows? The brother of Toby. Toby yeah. and Tony Maguire. The Maguire boy. Boys. Exactly. Remember when Topher Grace was super hot in that movie? I bring that up because I always confuse the two. The movie that we watched? Yeah. <laughs> obviously. <laughs> so obviously, people that won were like huge heroes in their town, processions, they worshipped them, banquets, they could receive, you know, a tax exemption. Great. And invitations to join the political elite because, you know, being an athlete makes you good at politics. Whatever. And basically the city gained bragging rights, too. Like, they were like, we're the best. Kind of like, you know, high school football. We're like, we're the best. Yeah. Like, just, just sports teams in general think that. But the real prize was for the athletes was glory, fame, and in a very real sense, historic immortality. So the games continued through the Hellenistic period with more buildings added to the site, greater comforts offered for the spectators, and an increase in the professionalism and events specialization of athletes. So in Roman times, they ended up moving it to Rome. The games continued to be popular and the prestige increased under Hellenophile emperors such as Hadrian. The games ended with Emperor Theodosius because he was like, you're practicing cult stuff because that's a mythical, mythological thing and that's your religion, but Christianity is the true religion, so stop all that is basically what happened. Fuck him! So the last Olympic Games were held in 393 CE after a run of 293 Olympics over more than a millennium. Because remember, a span of four years is, a, is an Olympiad. So yes, that was that's 293 <laughs> times four. Don't care. Uh, and I don't care about today's Olympics. That's the end. That's the end? Yeah. I just oh, wanted to when the did history. they start back up? Do you know that? No? Okay. That's fine. Just curious. We can do a quick side. No, I, just, I mean, it's okay. <laughs> I didn't know that they ever ended. Yeah. Fucking Theodosius and yeah. his Christianity um, agenda. The Christian agenda. The Christian agenda. So, was it like sexy time McGee back then too? Because like that's one of the things is that at the Olympics every year, yeah, everyone just gets yeah. fucking drunk and has sex. It took 1,503 years for the Olympics to return. The first modern Olympics were held in Athens, Greece in 1896. The man responsible for its rebirth was a Frenchman named Baron Pierre de Coubert-Cuby. Okay. Um, <laughs> and he presented the idea in 19, 1894. So, huh. that guy was like... Uh, we need to bring this back. This sounds like a drunk history episode, and I am not drunk. I actually quit drinking. <laughs> I am just that uninformed. No, you weren't. The whole, no, you weren't. You literally just talked about everything that happened just pre-modern Olympics. I just didn't know we were going to stop there. Yeah. No, that was good. So I yeah. didn't know literally any of that. Yeah. I know that there are four years. Yes. <laughs> That's what I know about the Olympics. I wish that the only question I wanted answered was why it's four years. And you didn't get it. I didn't get it. I'm so sorry. I don't care about why it's four years today. Let me just make this clear. Because I get that it was to honor the original Greeks. But why did the Greeks choose the number four? That is the real question. And I need this question answered. The thing is. I don't think we know any ancient Greek historians. Well, let's go to Yale. I'm going to email Yale. I I'm going to. I bet you, I'd believe you that you're going to email them. But I bet that someone at Yale would be happy to help. Yeah. I guess I have to talk now. Yeah. It's your turn. 
Um, you can't do all the work. No. I mean, no. Let me see which one was shorter. What oh, feminist are you talking about today? <laughs> Here's the thing, we're not. I'm doing a white man. What? I don't think you've ever done a white man. In the- I have, unfortunately. I've done many a white man, and let me tell oh, you. Oh, <laughs> man, there she goes, there she goes again. She's talking about sex. I love sex. George Kelly Barnes. Do you know where we're going yet? Nope, okay, great. No. <laughs> oh, no. George Kelly Barnes? The George Kelly Barnes? <laughs> yep. Okay. He was born July 18th, 19, nope, 1895, into a wealthy family in Memphis, Tennessee. Kelly's early years as a child were essentially uneventful, and he was raised in a traditional household. So we're going to fast forward a little bit. Yeah, please. His first sign of trouble was when he enrolled at the Mississippi State University to study agriculture in 1917. From the beginning, Kelly was a poor student with his highest grade, a C+, plus, being awarded to him for great personal hygiene. <laughs> Well, that's a rarity for men in college. I know. I also didn't realize that that was a grade you could get in college. Yeah. Good to know. I'm going to call the Mississippi State University and say, can I enroll in this course? Hygiene. Hygiene. <laughs> he was constantly in trouble with faculty and spent much of his academic career trying to work off all of the demerits that he had earned. Fast forward again. He eventually met a young woman named Geneva Ramsey. Kelly quickly fell uh, hard for Geneva and made an abrupt decision to quit school and marry her. Kelly and Geneva had two children, and he took a job as a cab driver in Memphis to make ends meet. Cab driver in Memphis. Yeah, it does sound like a country song. He worked long hours with little reward for his time. He and Geneva were struggling financially and distressed. Kelly quit his job with the cab company. I know, it doesn't make any sense. (laughs) Quit his job with the cab company to explore other avenues to make ends meet. Also, he's only 19 years old right now. (laughs) Well, what year is this? 18... Uh, ba, 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 around 1917. Well, okay. he enrolled in 1917. I'm assuming he went for four years. Okay. Um, so I feel like life expectancy wasn't that great back then. Oh, no. But, well, I don't know because he practiced hygiene. Yeah, Maybe you know. that's why he got a grade for that was a class because people oh. did not bathe. People were disgusting. Maybe. That's a good point. Yeah. We should look further into that. Yeah. Um, call Yale. Call Yale. Ask why people were handing out grades for hygiene. <laughs> so that's actually a Mississippi thing. You're gonna have to, oh, you're gonna have to contact the the dean of hygiene at Mississippi State University. He's also the football so coach. Dumb. He's also the football coach. Um, okay, so he quits his job at the cab company, and then he's 19 years old. He finds himself without a job, separated from his wife. So at this time, Kelly took up with a small time gangster, and he started a new venture as a bootlegger. This is machine gun. We're talking about the real Machine Gun Kelly. What do you mean, the real Machine Gun Kelly? The original Machine Gun Kelly. Do you know why the new... You've told me. Okay. You've told me. You can tell me again, even though I'm pretty sure it's been recorded if you want, but... Okay. Well... Mm -hmm. Um, they named him Machine Gun Kelly because he raps very fast. his parents? (laughs) No, his friends, his homies, his rap buddies. Oh, because he raps so fast. Because he raps so fast. Like Machine Gun. Yes. And my goal in life is to uh, rap one of his songs as fast. And I'm almost there. Goal. Which one? Um, I can do Alpha Omega, one of the verses. We're gonna get back to this guy now. (laughs) He's actually pretty cool. Uh, yeah, um, um, both of them are. No, I know. I'm just saying it's not like he was named. He he also gets essentially named after someone who is pretty cool. I mean, he's a criminal. Um, <laughs> but still pretty cool. Uh, okay, so he he starts his new venture as a bootlegger. 
Um, he soon began to see my, the... I'm sorry, I'm just going to stop you there. My great-grandpa was also a bootlegger. Cool! Yeah, they had to move to Puerto Rico because he was a pretty sketchy guy. And that's why my great-grandparents uh, got married in Puerto Rico and their marriage certificate is in Spanish. Cool! Okay, keep going. That is cool. Um, so Kelly soon began to see the financial rewards for his new trade, along with a growing notoriety. After being arrested on several occasions for illegal trafficking, Kelly decided to leave Memphis along with his new girlfriend and head west. He adopted the new alias of George R. Kelly to help preserve the respect and name of his upstanding family back home. Kelly's luck continued to bounce back and forth with great monetary scores, followed by several unfortunate predicaments. 1927, Kelly has already started to earn his reputation in the underground world as a seasoned gangster, having weathered several arrests and serving various jail sentences. In 1928, he was caught smuggling liquor into an Indian, Indian reservation and was sentenced to three years at Leavenworth Penitentiary. Penitentiary. Penitentiary? Philanthropy. Yep. <laughs> All of the above. Also, it's funny because this machine gun, Kelly, his body type, he's my type. <laughs> like, he's very, he's like a little beggar. His face is a little round, but he also is like, just very like, attractive and like, you know he's bad. But you're like, oh my god. Okay. So we both, in a way, love machine guns. We do. So then after serving out another long sentence at a different state penitentiary in New Mexico in 1929, Kelly gravitated towards Oklahoma City, where he hooked up with small-time bootlegger named Steve Anderson. Okay. Which I was like... I would never be afraid of a man named Steve Anderson. Right? I was like... That's the title. (laughs) I would never be afraid of a man named Steve Anderson. Uh, That's the title. Yes. Yes. Kelly soon fell for Anderson's attractive mistress, Catherine Thorne, a seasoned criminal in her own right. Thorne had come from a family of outlaws and had been arrested for various charges, ranging from robbery to prostitution... Thorne was twice divorced, and her second husband had been a bootlegger who had later been found shot to death under suspicious circumstances. That's how all my husbands have died. Exactly. The official determination of the death was a suicide, but many people, including one of the investigators, had long suspected that Catherine was involved since only days before she made comments to a gas station attendant that she was going to go over and kill that goddamn Charlie Thorne. Kelly and Catherine became inseparable and married in Minneapolis, Minnesota in September 1930. Yes, they did. Literally. Minneapolis. I'm very excited about this. There's literally no other reason why they're in Min- They never talk about it again. I have That's no idea. Fine. I would get ma- I'm going to get married in Minneapolis. I have nobody to marry. But my oh, sister read my tarot cards and said that I would meet a man in my late 20s and early 30s. When did she do that? Um, I don't know. She did it on her own. Like recently? Yeah, she told me on Friday because we went to dinner on Friday. She reads tarot cards now? Yeah, that's her thing. Oh. Yeah. When did she pick that up? Um, kind of a while ago I think oh, she's I just like that. very into that stuff my mom's scared I was gonna say have her read my cards but I don't think I actually want to know I'd rather not I like to live in state yeah. of unknowing yeah. bliss she wouldn't have told me that she did it if it wasn't positive okay good she said I'll also be famous one day which Zach also said mm-hmm. I want to be a, a, like a c-list celebrity like a b-minus celebrity like literally want to be a local celebrity yeah that's all I want I only want to be cared about in Minneapolis yep God, we both have that dream for ourselves and each other. Yeah, well, I mean, we're partners. It's weird how we do that. We're creative partners. (laughs) So we're going to be famous together. Yeah. Okay. Also with our girl band. Oh my God, yeah. Jam band. Um, No, it's called Mari, Grace, and Jade. Mari, Grace, and Jade. Yeah. Which just sounds like a really cool band. Moving on. Okay, Catherine and Kelly, they got married in Minneapolis. We're excited about it. That was in 1930. Up until his relationship with Thorne, Kelly had been a relatively small-time criminal. Catherine's influence soon became obvious as Kelly's crime sprees would launch him to the prestigious status of public enemy number one. Catherine purchased a machine gun for Kelly. 
and pressured her husband to practice with it. It was said that her purpose was premeditated. She was a master at marketing her husband to the underground circles in public, and she was known to take the spent gun cartridges and pass them around to acquaintances at many of the underground drinking clubs, introducing them as souvenirs from her husband, Machine Gun Kelly. Many historians and fellow inmates of Kelly believe that Catherine was the creator of the Machine Gun Kelly image and became known as the mastermind between, behind several of his successful bank robberies throughout Texas and Mississippi. In I August, love that. A strong woman hell yeah. named her husband. Yeah. I love that. She's like his manager. I love it. I know. <laughs> She's also like a badass by yeah. herself. I mean, again, these are criminals. Right. Well, but, cool. I mean, we romanticize it. Yeah. I'm from, I am technically from a family of criminals. I'm from a lot of Amish people. Yeah. Tell you know. What? Amish people. Um, I didn't know that. Yes, you did. Did I? Yes. When did we talk about this? There's no way that you don't know this. Yeah, my great, 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 great. Like, my great-something grandfather was Jacob Hertzler, who was the first Amish dude to come to America. We have never once talked about this. How the fuck is that possible? We have never, no, we've never talked about this, and you need to do an episode on that. How have you never? We've never (laughs) talked about this. I swear to God, this is something I would remember. I would at least vaguely remember it, like your dad being the mayor. Yeah. Your dad was the mayor. So Catherine's pimping out Kelly. Fuck yeah. Because she's a boss bitch. Catherine Kelly. So he's robbing people, he's doing this. In August 1933, the FBI published wanted posters describing Kelly as an expert machine gunner and created a public frenzy that would later place Kelly in the history books. In July 1933, Catherine and Kelly plotted a scheme to kidnap wealthy oil tycoon and businessman Charles Urschel. Kelly, carrying his trademark Tommy gun and two other men carrying pistols, entered the Urschel's mansion in Oklahoma City. The Urschels were playing a game of bridge with friends when Kelly stormed in threatening to blow everyone's head off. Kelly's new hostages were non-cooperative and he was unable to determine which man was Urschel, so the two men that were there were forced into a sedan covered with a tarp and searched for identification. Once they found the ID on Urschel's friend, a man by the name of Walter Jarrett, they robbed him of $51. (laughs) Yeah, $51. Fuck you. Fuck you, Walter Jarrett, and left him on the side of a deserted road. Urschel was taken into hiding on a rural ranch in Texas, and the Kelly gang made demands for $200,000 in ransom. The Urschel's family friend, E.E. Kirkpatrick, made drop arrangements and delivered the ransom in denominations of $20 bills. (laughs) <laughs> Which I just, I like, if you put it in today's money, I'm sure it would be a lot of money, but it's just funny to be like, $51! Like $51 <laughs> in like, in the 1930s. Exactly. Back in the day. The money was delivered near the LaSalle Hotel in Kansas City on July 30th, ending the eight-day ordeal. The following day, Urshel was released near Norman, Oklahoma, and casually walked into a restaurant to call for a cab. Urshel was sharp and, though blindfolded throughout the whole ordeal, made sure that his fingerprints were spread everywhere, counted his footsteps to various areas when blindfolded, and audible sounds of his surroundings were mentally cataloged, all of which would later become useful in the FBI's investigation. So Urshel was like, bitch, if I'm going to get kidnapped, I'm going to get my shit everywhere. I'm going to pay attention. (laughs) Yup. Yup. My hair sheds so... Right. It would be like a cookie crumb trail. And it's red, so you would see it. So the FBI is investigating. After splitting up the ransom money with their accomplices, Catherine and Machine Gun started state hopping, trying to stay two steps ahead of the law officials. From the several clues that Urschel was able to provide, the FBI raided the ranch and made an arrest of one of the other conspirators. The bills that had been used for payment in the ransom had traceable serial records, and the Center Bureau of Investigation, now known as the FBI, started a nationwide search for whom they now suspected was George R. Kelly. George and Catherine bounced around different states with Chicago becoming their main hub. Both dyed their hair to conceal their identities and enjoyed a lavish lifestyle. So all you had to do back then was dye your hair. Yep, apparently. (laughs) Just for a little while. 
After several weeks in hiding, the couple finally made their way back to Memphis to stay with longtime friend John Titchener. On the morning of September 26, 1933, Memphis police, along with FBI agents, surrounded the Titchener house and then made a violent forced entry. It was said at, the, at that moment that Kelly coined the phrase, G-men, please don't shoot. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what the fuck a G-man, G- I'm assuming that just means like police? G-man? Should we, I'm going to do a quick side. Do it. Because I, I'm interested into finding out, again, I love etymology of words and phrases. G-man, please don't shoot. An FBI agent for some reason. Oh, okay. Government man. Oh, uh, okay. So they bust into the building. Kelly's like, G-man, please don't shoot. Kelly's found badly hungover from the prior evening's drinking binge, still in his pajamas. <laughs> Yes. Uh, Catherine was in the bed, still asleep. The couple was quickly flown to Oklahoma, where they stood trial and both received life sentences. Eventually, all of the accomplices were apprehended, and out of all of those involved, six were issued life sentences. Kelly was transferred to Leavenworth in Kansas, and Catherine was transferred to a federal prison in Cincinnati. Kelly was arrogant towards prison officials and bragged to the press that he would escape, break out, and he and his wife would spend Christmas together. Which is kind of cute. (laughs) Um, it was decided that these threats should be taken seriously, and in August of 1934, Kelly was transferred with his accomplices, Albert Bates and Harvey Bailey, from Leavenworth by train to Alcatraz. Arriving on September 4th, 1934, they would be among the first groups of prisoners. Kelly became AZ number 117, so apparently that's the names that they gave the Alcatraz prison people. Okay. At Alcatraz, Kelly was constantly boasting about several robberies and murders that he had and had not ever committed. So, so some he had, yeah. some he didn't. Yeah. Sometimes we need to hype ourselves up yeah. and create an image. Exactly. And especially so, when you're in a new place. Yeah, exactly. With it's new people. Exactly. It's like when the new kid at school kind of lies. Yeah. That's what he stuff. did. Especially back before Facebook and Instagram, you could get away with that. Right. Like, you don't have that in Alcatraz. <laughs> <laughs> Nor Wi-Fi before Hattie Lamar came along. Fucking yeah, Hattie Lamar. So he's bragging about shit. Although this was said to be an apparent point of frustration for several fellow prisoners... Warden Johnson considered him a model inmate. His life at Alcatraz was largely uneventful again. He took a job as an altar boy in the prison chapel, worked in the laundry, held an administrative role in the industry's office for a long period, and generally served out his time quietly. Warden Johnson made statements that Kelly would become depressed when receiving mail from his family members, but would rarely fail to write back his full quota of letters. He seemed to feel remorse for his crimes and always felt that his wife Catherine and other accomplices were treated too harshly. Inmate Willie Radke, who shared a cell next to Kelly on the second tier of B Block, stated that he shared many fond memories getting to know him, working together in the prison industries along with Basil the Owl Banghart, who I meant to look up, I'm assuming is another gangster. Yeah. Um, Named Basil? Basil the Owl Banghart. Yeah, exactly. Maybe he asked a lot of questions. Couldn't remember a lot of people. Maybe he could turn his neck all the way around. Ooh, I hope it's the last one. Every day they would all work side by side, having to endure all of Kelly's big tales. When asked his most prominent memory of sharing a cell next to Machine Gun, he said that nearly every night he would accuse Willie of snoring, reach out of his cell, and slap him in the head with a magazine. (laughs) Warden Johnson also stated that Kelly wrote several remorseful letters to Urschel, begging that he help him plead his case. Urschel apparently never responded to any of Kelly's letters. George Machine Gun Kelly was returned to Leavenworth in 1951 and died of a heart attack on July 18th, 1954. Ironically, it was his 59th birthday. Catherine was released from prison in 1958 and took a job at an Oklahoma hospital as a bookkeeper. And that is the entire story of Machine Gun Kelly. And I got all of that from AlcatrazHistory.com. <laughs> Wait, is that a real memory? I 
love that his wife created his image. Mm-hmm. Of course, why would we hear about that? Because it was a woman. I, lo- I love that. Also, did, you probably don't know the answer to this, and that's okay. Did he ever talk to his kids again? I don't think so. Okay, probably not. No. Um, although he did change his name with to, to like make sure that his family wasn't associated with him when That's he became true. like a full fledged gangster to Machine Gun Kelly. Yeah, is what he changed his name to. Yeah, real name George. Interesting. Mm-hmm. He obviously didn't do that while well hiding his identity because we know his real name is George. Right. I mean, all the best intentions. Yeah. <laughs> George Kelly Barnes. George Kelly Barnes. Yep. That's I... That's the OG machine gun. And now, that. now the modern day machine gun. I just wanted to do it because I said I was going to do it that one day. And you then did. I didn't. I knew that he was a bootlegger. I did not know that there was that entire kidnapping scenario. That uh, was interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that, that was, was it. That was very exciting. I liked that a lot. Thank you for listening. You know where to find us. Spotify, SoundCloud. We don't have No, never mind. <laughs> Stitcher. We don't have that Spotify money. <laughs> Stitcher, SoundCloud, and the iTunes podcast app. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Subscribe on Instagram.com. Tell us more. Instagram. Instagram.com. Tell us more podcasts on Instagram.com. Please subscribe. Leave a... Wait. No, I'm just kidding. Go. Please subscribe, rate, and review. Leave us a nice comment. Email us at tellusmorepodcasts at gmail.com. Can I say bye?